people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Well, welcome to another episode of Kidney Talk. Uh, Stephen is on location, so uh, um, I'm really excited today to be interviewing Dr. Edward R. Jones. Um, He's the president of the Renal Physicians Association, which represents practicing nephrologists across the U.S. He's also a practicing nephrologist and medical director for Fresenius Medical Care, and he also was the past chairman of Kidney Care Partners in 2007 and 2008. Today, Dr. Jones is going to talk to us about Kidney Care Partners' recently launched campaign, which is called Performance, Excellence, and Accountability in Kidney Care, PEAK. And uh, this is a quality improvement campaign with a goal of reducing mortality among first-year dialysis patients by 20% by the end of year 2012. So uh, we're really excited, and uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Jones. It's great to be with you. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to become a nephrologist. Sure. Well, when I uh, was in medical school, I was fortunate enough to have a number of role models who were very actively involved with nephrology when it was during its early days and the importance of being able to take care of the complete patient in dealing with nephrology was the major thing that attracted me to wanting to become a nephrologist. Okay, yeah, the kidneys are pretty fascinating, aren't they? Uh, They sure are. They uh, really impact virtually every other organ system and and therefore uh, piques one's curiosity. Well, and that's a great lead-in. It piques uh, one's curiosity because we're here to talk about the Performance, Excellence, and Accountability in Kidney Care campaign. Can you tell a little bit about what PEAK is? Sure. PEAK is an uh, initiative that has arisen from the Kidney Care Partner Community, which is a coalition that I think many of the listeners are f- familiar with that represents multiple aspects of the kidney care community. And it, it, PEAK is a collective and collaborative attempt of the entire community to voluntarily get involved with a quality initiative to help improve the lives of patients on, who have end-stage renal disease on dialysis. Um, it is, uh, this voluntary effort is a goal to reduce the mortality rate in the first year of patients with end-stage renal disease by 20% by the end of 2012. And what is the mortality rate for the first year right now? Right now, unfortunately, the mortality rate is 30% and is extremely alarming, particularly when you compare it to other countries where the mortality rate is indeed half of that number. And and therefore, this effort uh, on behalf of the community, uh, we felt was something that would have a great deal of meaning 
to the community and as a, a policy issue. Well, is the um, first-year dialysis patients on the rise? I mean, is the population growing? Yeah, the, the population, uh, the incident rate most recently has been published is growing. It had been level for a couple of years, but in this past year when it was measured, it is increasing. The numbers of patients on dialysis or the prevalent rate is dramatically increasing. And the reason for that is we've done, as a community, an outstanding job with patients who are on dialysis after the second year. And indeed, the mortality rates for the efforts that have been put in have been decreasing in the second and beyond years of patients on dialysis. But the conundrum is the fact that the mortality rates, although slightly decreasing in that first year, still are alarmingly high. Well, I know that there's been some debate about dialysis catheters. And, you know, for any patients listening out there, you need to get an access. A fistula is the preferred treatment access, but a catheter is tied to a higher incident of death, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, again, the, uh, the need for doing dialysis requires the access, and when you look at the uh, correlating uh, rates of mortality and morbidity, a AV fistula is obviously the best. Uh, if you look at outcomes, they're about 70% worse if you've got a Gore-Tex graft, but there are about 700% higher morbidity and mortality rates with a perm cat in place. And the major reason for that is infection. Infection, indeed, is the second leading cause of hospitalizations for patients with end-stage renal disease. What's the number one cause? The number one cause is, is cardiovascular disease. Is the number one cause of mortality. So that could be like congestive heart failure or... Myocardial infarction and underlying cardiomyopathies that are being recognized in, the, in patients with end-stage disease partly related to some calcium and phosphorus dismetabolism. Um, we had a show on that um, where one of our coalition partners, Gail Wick, was on, and she explained bone and mineral metabolism. So it's a serious issue. It, it sure is. And when you look at the first-year mortality rates, at least in the couple of studies that have looked at it, uh, and this has also been prevalent internationally, what's been referred to as the DOPS study. Mm -hmm. The, the dialysis outcomes practice patterns that we actually had one of them. Um, we have a show on that one, too. So we, you can check that out. We're hitting topics you've hit before. And when you look at that DOP study about trying to determine why the mortality rates are, are so high, that study tries to level the playing field for a number of other effects that dialysis patients undergo. And when you do that, when you try to risk adjust, what you find out is that catheters are probably the leading cause of mortality rate in the first year of dialysis. And if you look at a study that was performed by Dr. Ray Hakeem, who's the chief medical officer for Fresenius, they have looked at the, a right start program. And in the right start program, where you concentrate on a number of things, but one of them being catheters, the catheters clearly demonstrate that they're probably the leading cause of mortality in that first year. When I was reading about some of the things that patients have to do, I mean, what what can they do? I mean, number one, they can get an access put in, um, which is very scary. I mean, I talk to patients every day, and they're like, I don't want to be stuck. I mean, it is a big fear. So we have to overcome those barriers. There's also adherence. I mean, you know, I just don't feel like going to dialysis today. And, you know, we need to realize that our patients need to realize as well as healthcare professionals that 
it's hard, but how do we how do we keep motivating people to come to dialysis? I happen to be a medical director for a dialysis unit that's a self-care dialysis unit. And my mortality rate in, in my unit is less than 10%. And one of the major reasons for it, it includes a couple of factors. One is trying to help overcome the fear, particularly the patients who come with a dialysis access trying to get them to talk to other patients who have fistulas in, educating the patients and actually enfranchising the patients in their own self-care so that they have some responsibility and a feeling that they have control over their life and getting them to realize that the catheter is something that's bad and, and even though you don't want to have something put in your arm and have the disfigurement of that, the feeling that if they want to live and take control of their life, they realize that the fistula is important, like a number of other things that help me keep down the mortality rate. So creating an education and creating a culture within a dialysis unit is very important for the physician, for the staff, and important for the patient. Well, you know, there's a saying by Confucius, tell me I'll forget, show me I may remember, but involve me and I'll understand. I mean, and so often I think if you don't understand what the process is, it's hard to be part of it. I'm a big proponent to self-care and home dialysis because it is, it gives the patient exactly that. It gives them responsibility and it makes them also feel valuable that they're you know doing something to help themselves exactly and we and we need to back it up and get downstream because one of the big problems is getting to the patients when their uh, gfr or their clearance is very low but not yet on dialysis so we can get into education of patients Fortunately, with the new legislation that's passed, we'll have an opportunity, I think, finally get to more patients early on and explain the importance of getting a fistula or a graft. And again, I think one of the big things you mentioned is the whole fear of, you know, what's going to happen with my arm. They understand the need for dialysis, but the importance of, you know, putting the access in. They have a lot of friends and family members that have who are on dialysis and they see what their arms look like and they hear, you know, war stories that it's not good to do. Yet we need to spend the time to educate in physician offices and maybe hooking up with other patients before the patient ends up on dialysis so we can get them to understand the importance of the access placement and managing the other factors that are involved with progression of disease and increasing mortality in the first year. It is. It's one friend makes a difference. I've learned that. I I met one of my best friends during the olden days during a blood transfusion. And she was a patient who was a little bit older than me, a little bit wiser, and, you know, helped me get through so many things and cross so many barriers that I don't think anybody else would have been able to help me get through. And so that peer support is so important. And I think, you know, the patients are an untapped resource, as you've heard me say on many occasions, is, uh, you know, we need to figure out ways to help patients help patients. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. We try to do that from our office, and I think it's something that needs to be done more frequently. It's hard. You know, we were having a conversation with patients and, you know, some of the HIPAA laws 
it really prevents healthcare professionals from introducing patients to other patients. And, uh, you know, that's one of the downsides of the HIPAA legislation, the privacy legislation. Well, uh, just to wrap up a little bit, let's talk a little bit about what healthcare professionals can do and what patients can do to help reach this goal to uh, reduce the mortality rate, or as I like to say, increase survival <laughs> for dialysis patients. I think there's a number of things. I think we're going to be fortunate enough is that the community has already have in place over the years a number of quality initiatives. And we will be putting together some expert panels to be able to help and provide some tools that can be used both for patients and for the dialysis facilities. And we'll actually be utilizing some experts from Brown University and a quality uh, initiative that's going on up there that'll be looking for best practices. And I think the ability to provide tools for that are at the level both for patients, for the nurses, and for the physicians will be critical. We can't just talk about dropping the mortality rate. So the, everyone is going to have to participate in this from a physician, personnel, and patient point of view. But we have to reach out there and provide them with the tools that this expert panel would be helpful to. Uh, we need to get into the physician's offices where we'll be able to get the patients early before they enter end-stage disease so we can make sure that their nutritional status, that their bone metabolism, that their anemia management, and that their accesses are taken care of. But again, I think providing the tools from these expert groups are going to be an excellent way of not only educating but identifying patients earlier on than we normally do so that we can avoid those catheters that we talked about that really add to the morbidity and mortality. Well, yeah, I have a lot of friends that found out they had kidney failure in the emergency room, and that is not the place to find out. It's that and the situation of there is some even we have to educate some of the nephrologists because, I mean, there are some nephrologists who say, okay, this, this patient is sitting there with a kidney function of 15% of normal, and the patient's maybe 70 or 8 or 80, and they're hoping because the patient's pulling back and saying, I don't want to have it done. But the worst thing that can happen is have the patient who has a kidney function of 12 or 13% who gets ill from some other reason and all of a sudden they fall off the cliff, so to speak, and now they're in the emergency room needing dialysis. So although many of these patients are people that, you know, sort of show up in the emergency room, some of them are patients who are teetering along that even the nephrologist says, you know what, I'll just go along with the patient and we need to have, again, some tools and examples and best practices to show people that you need to do it a given way, and that's how I think will be very helpful in this exercise. We need to uh, figure out a tool of how to overcome denial. I've talked about yourself as a big, big problem here of, you know, denying it, and a lot of the other healthcare people around them sort of have a denial because they're willing to ride the wave of denial rather than sort of saying, you know, that's not the right thing. We need to get the family involved, bring the family to the table to deal with getting the right treatment at the right time. Yeah, because I heard if you you hide under the covers, nobody sees you. Isn't that true? That's, that, that's a statement. <laughs> and, and I think that's one of the coping mechanisms that patients utilize. If I don't think about it, if I don't talk about it, it's not real. And, you know, that's how patients can help other patients because they can help them not be so afraid of it. 
Right. And, and again, if we can get patients earlier in the course, we can introduce the issue over a period of months or even a year. So it's not such a big fearful thing, and you can talk about it a little bit at a time. A lot of times right now, a patient's walking into the nephrologist's office, if they get to the nephrologist, with a kidney function of 15% of normal, and your first visit is saying to them, by the way, you need an access. <laughs> what? <laughs> A kidney function that's 20% of the normal, and you have three or four sessions where you can gradually pull them out from under the covers and say, you know, this is something we have to do. Well, and, you know, somebody who's lived with kidney disease for over 40 years, um, there's a lot of hope. And I think, you know, somebody who's newly diagnosed may not know that. So it's really important to let them know that there's a lot of hope. There's you know, chance to get transplanted. There's a lot of different options. You just got to be healthy enough to be able to be ready for them. Exactly. And, I, and again, I think the PEAK program is really a very challenging program. It's the community putting their neck out, so to speak, to go after the real outcome, and that is patient survival is what we want to deal with. And this program is a great initiative where everyone in the community working together with experts in the field really helping patients. Anybody can go to kidneycarepartners.com and I know find the link to the kidney care quality page. So there's a lot of information on there and that's where all the tools will end up uh, appearing. Is that correct? The tools will end up there and there's also the the Peak itself website that has just been, uh, been, been launched that um, can also, and it's referred to as kidneycarequality.org. So uh, the listeners can go to kidneycarequality.org and find some of the tools and information to learn more about this initiative. Exactly. Right now what's on the website is a lot of the introductory information because we're working with the Brown University QIO group to be able to establish best practices so that we can establish the tools which will be coming out over you know, the next couple of weeks or so. Okay, well, great. Well, um, you know, thank you, Dr. Jones. I really appreciate you uh, uh, letting the community know a little bit about um, you know, sharing what the PEAK campaign is trying to do, and we all need to do our part. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, and I really enjoyed uh, uh, speaking so that your audience uh, can get a flavor of what the PEAK and the community is uh, doing here. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference.